Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. This is our second week in transition as a church, and I wanted to spend these first two weeks in a series, a two-part series that I titled Transition, and, um, and this is our second week together. And so last week I preached a sermon that I titled Appetite, and we were able to talk about some of the things that uh, that transition brings and sometimes transition brings a negative connotation But I talked about how this transition for harvest church was going to be a very positive one How this transition is going to help us get closer to our purpose How this transition is going to help us get closer to the things God is asking us to do and how this transition Is going to help us get closer to the destiny that God has for harvest church And we learned that there are some things that we're going to have to do to partner with God if we want to get more ground and take more territory in the other side of this transition. And today I've, I've titled the sermon, Thirst. And by the way, if you did not see last week's sermon, do me a favor and you're, you're going to want to view that sermon. Uh, I really believe that there are a couple things that we need to do as a church. And, or if you're going through transition as a person in your own personal life, then uh, there are some things that we need to do to be able to make it on the other side of transition. I believe last week's sermon is going to be a blessing to you to help you know exactly what we need to do going through transition. And the same is true with this sermon here today, but you're here today. So I'm glad that you don't have to view it the week after and go back to today's sermon, but you're going to listen to this one here live. Uh, but I've titled the message today, Thirst. Have you ever been so thirsty in your life that you have said, man, if I don't get something to drink, I'm going to die? Have you ever thought that before? Like, I need some water. Someone get me something to drink. Last week when I was preaching, I forgot to bring up my water, and I was like, you know, trying to tell, can you get me some water? My throat was getting, you know, real dry. I was getting cotton mouth. And have you ever gotten to that point where you just thought to yourself, if I don't get something to drink, I'm going to die? I have experienced that before. Um, when I was in about the seventh grade, my parents finally let me play football for the very first time. And I said, hey, can I play football? And they kept on saying no and no and no until I got to the seventh grade. And they finally said, okay, you could play football. But for you that have played football before, you know that there are these things called two-a-days. And two-a-days is when you have football practice in the morning. And if someone's raising their hand over there, they're like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then you also have football practice in the afternoon. Now, I played for a football organization called the Elk Grove Knights. Now, that, that, organi that organization now is called the Elk Grove Junior Thundering Herd. And so we lived in Elk Grove, which means that summer times are very, very hot. So the afternoon session of two-a-days would oftentimes be over 100 degrees. So we would have to do conditioning, and we would have to do all the, these plays, and the coaches would want us to run offensive plays, defensive plays, do conditioning in the heat of the day, and it was hot. And oftentimes I would get so thirsty, I would have that thought of, if I don't get something to drink, I'm going to die. And this was back in the day where if you asked for a water break, you would be called a sissy. Remember those days? Nowadays, you'd be, CPS would be called on you. You'd go to jail. You know what I mean? Like, I, I coached football for nine years, and every single 15 minutes, by law, we had to give them a water break. Man, you guys have it way good nowadays. If you're a young person, you play football, you guys got it way good. There's actual laws to make sure you drink enough water. But back in the day when I played football, man, we didn't get those special breaks. And we would practice and practice, go on and on. It seemed like forever, and I felt like I, would get, I was going to die. And then all of a sudden, my favorite part about football practice was the, all right, everyone. 
time for the water break. And I'd be, thank you, Jesus. I'd run over to the sideline. I would grab the big bottle of water. I would pour it all over myself. I'd get it under my shoulder pads, on my practice jersey. You know, we, not only was it just hot outside, but we had our helmet, shoulder pads, knee pads, uh, uh, thigh pads. It was extremely hot. I would take off my helmet. I would drink a ton of water. I would drink, I would drink so much that I'd begin to have cramps later on in the practice. I would, I would even put it all over my hair, and yes, Pastor Gary at one time had hair, all right, yeah, that, I had hair at one point, and I was just so happy that, man, we finally got our water break. Now, if you played sports, and the water break was some of your favorite time, would you just give me a little shout? All right, come on, come on, let me see with people that, that love to drink water, all right, you love to drink water, you didn't want that dehydration, you wanted to get the water break, and there are some interesting facts about our bodies and about water that I want to share with you today. Did you know that a person could actually die if they don't get enough water? Did you know that our body weight is actually made up of two-thirds water? I see Sarah over here, so she's probably going to fact-check me right now. She's like, oh, no, he's wrong. No. Okay. I, I looked on Google, so if any of these are wrong, then just tell me after the service, and I'll correct it for the for second service. All right. So did you know that, that our brains are actually 85% water, that blood is made up of 90% water, that our lungs are made up of 83% water, and if you lose more than 1.5% body weight of water, then it'll end up in dehydration. So you will be so dehydrated that you'll start to get a headache, that your, your, your jaw could start locking up. It'll be hard to think properly, and even easy tasks will become very difficult because of dehydration, which is why our bodies need enough water so that we could function at the level where we're supposed to. In fact, health authorities have said that every single one of us joined here in person or online, every single one of us need to drink eight, eight ounce cups of water every single day. Now, with a show of hands, I want to see who's dehydrated and who's not. All right, so how many of you actually drink eight, eight-ounce cups of water every single day? Well, now, hold on, hold on, before you answer, before you answer, before you answer, let me just tell you, and let me remind you that you are in church today, all right? So before you answer online, don't think that you're not in church. You are st you're a part. You're an extension of this church. You're in church today, okay? Also, here's another thing you got to keep in mind, that, that the water that is found inside your Pepsi cans and in your soda, that does not count as any part of these ounces. All right? In fact, it takes away from the water. It, it, the water that is in your coffee or even your tea, that does not count as the water that I'm asking you about, all right? So keep this in mind that you're in church and what quantifies as water and not water. Now, with that definition, how many of you think you actually drink eight, eight-ounce cups of water every single day? Hey, all right, there's, there's a lot of you. All right, hey, she, oh, they're holding up their thermoses. Yeah, you guys are doing good. All right, very nice, very nice. It's, it's important that we drink water. Water really has a lot to do with our bodies being healthy. Now, the Bible actually has a lot to say about water, and there are some Bible verses which refer to the Holy Spirit. And when we find ourselves in times of transition, when times where we're wanting to take more ground or new territory on the other side, there are some things that we're going to have to do to partner with the Holy Spirit if we want to be able to take more ground on the other side of this transition. And I want to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit's role in our life today. Amen? So let's pray and let's invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to be with us. 
God, I just thank you for your wonderful presence. Lord, we feel you today. You've been here even before we walked into this place. Your spirit welcomed us into your presence. And Lord, I just pray that as we talk about the person of the Holy Spirit, that you would demystify and that you would help us bring understanding to the person and to the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The, the person of the Holy Spirit is crucial to every single one of our lives today if we want to have power to be able to live in this world that we find ourselves in. Lord, some people are going through transitions as individuals. They're just going through transition maybe at work. They're going through certain transitions in their family. But Lord, as we're going through transition as a church, I just pray that you would, again, speak to our hearts and show us your role for getting us through this transition on the other side. And all of God's people said aloud, amen. amen. I want to help us understand some truths about the Holy Spirit and how necessary the works of the Holy Spirit are to our spiritual lives. And how many of you know that it's important for our physical bodies to have water, but it's more important for our spiritual bodies to have the Holy Spirit? Amen. And so here's a couple of examples of scriptures where water is used to refer as the Holy Spirit. And these are examples of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's the first term I want to share with you this morning is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which very quickly is when we receive the Holy Spirit at the point of conversion, when we give our lives to Jesus. I want to show you some scriptural examples of that. Found in John chapter 4 and verse 14, it says, But whoever drinks the water I give them... We'll never thirst. And Pastor Gary, where'd you get the title of your message? Right there, thirst, thirst. Indeed, the water will give them, uh, indeed, the water will give them, let's start that over. Okay, it says, indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of running, a, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And this is talking about the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit's work that it gives us the regeneration of the Holy Spirit so that we can receive Jesus. Here's what that means. Is that when the Holy Spirit, in order for us to give our lives to Jesus, the Bible says that it's the regeneration of the Spirit which allows us to actually accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So when we give our life to Jesus, we gain the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Here's another verse. John chapter 7 and verse 37. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him would later receive. Up to this point, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been yet, had not been glorified yet. Now, Here's what this scripture is saying, that Jesus was crucified, he was resurrected, but then he was glorified. And when people would give their lives to Jesus after he was glorified, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit would come into the person's life to be able to cause salvation to happen so they could accept Jesus Christ at salvation. That's the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The only prerequisite to receiving the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is that you have to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and then you will have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But just as our bodies need water to live and to thrive, our souls need the Holy Spirit to live and to survive. And I want to show you a separate act of the Holy Spirit that also takes place after conversion. This is found in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11. It says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one more powerful than I. And this is referring to Jesus. Whose sandals I am, unwor uh, uh, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, 
He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So at salvation, what we do is we accept Jesus Christ, and then we're given the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But there is a separate act that takes place of the person of the Holy Spirit after we've already given our lives to Jesus Christ, after we're already saved and redeemed. There's a separate act that takes place, which is called either the filling of the Holy Spirit, and then there's a separate act even from that, which is called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Well, Pastor Gary, are you saying that I don't have the, the Holy Spirit inside of me? Is that what you're really saying right now? No, I'm not saying that you don't have the Holy Spirit. What I am saying is, yes, you do have the Holy Spirit. You have the in dwelling of the Holy Spirit, but there is a separate act that takes place beyond that, and it's the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which is a separate act of the Spirit where God wants to continually fill us so that we could have power. And how many of you know, especially in these days, we need power to help us to get through all the different craziness of the world that this world has to offer. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit to help us live victorious lives. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do the things we know God is asking us to do. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to live a holy, sanctified, set-apart life. It takes the word of the Holy Spirit to be able to give us power so that we can live holy lives set apart for him. And Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this verse is teaching us that continually we need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And just like we need water for our bodies, we need the Holy Spirit for our souls so that we could have power from on high. And if you were to do a study of the early church, you would find something very in common. You would find that the people of the early church were continually being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 13 and verse 52 says, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. And the disciples were already believers in Jesus Christ. But after salvation, the separate act that took place is now they were being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 6 and verse 3, it says, Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. So catch this. There were people in the early church that were full of the Holy Spirit, but there were people in the early church that were not full of the Holy Spirit. And I want to submit to you today that there are believers even in attendance here today or joining us online that are going to heaven. You are saved. You've been redeemed, but you're not full of the Holy Spirit. And so many people are living defeated lives today. So many people are not living thriving lives because they have not received the baptism or not received the filling of the Holy Spirit today. And just like there are many benefits to drinking water for our own physical bodies, there are many benefits to receiving the Holy Spirit into our spiritual lives. And I could talk about so many different benefits. I can make this a 30-point sermon easily today to talk about the benefits that we receive in, in accepting Jesus Christ but then having the Holy Spirit in our life. But today I want to give you three benefits of receiving the power of the Holy Spirit today. Number one is this. The Holy Spirit will develop our character. The Holy Spirit will develop our character. Every Christian is on the journey 
of salvation. Every, 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 every single Christian is on a journey of becoming more and more like Christ. In fact, our mission statement here at Harvest Church, if someone were to ask you, what is Harvest Church all about? What, what, what are they, what are they, what, why do they get together? We get together for three things. To love, for loving God, loving others, becoming more like Christ. What that means is that if you're a Christ follower today, all of our lives are becoming or supposed to becoming more like Christ. And when we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, we will become more like Jesus. And when we have the power of the Holy Spirit, we will act like Jesus. We'll respond like Jesus. We'll see things like Jesus. We'll be able to see things and do things like Jesus. We'll react like Jesus. We'll talk like Jesus. We'll act like Jesus. There's so many different benefits. And when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, there, we're going to receive more victory in every single part of our life. We're going to be able to get rid of habits that the Lord wants us to get rid of. And we're going to be able to experience freedom that is found only because of the person of the Holy Spirit being so evident in our lives. How many of you know that there's power in inviting the Holy Spirit into our lives? Galatians 5 says this, and this is talking about people, how to, how to be able to tell if a person is living by the Spirit or if a person is living by the flesh. And I want to show you a list that is a byproduct out of living uh, your life lived by the flesh. But before I show you this list, I want to show you the reason why it's important that we be filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, I want to show you the why before I show you the what. The list is going to show you the what, but I want to tell you why it's so important that we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because if we don't have the Holy Spirit in our lives, then we're going to fall prey to the things that are found in this list. And here's the why. I warn you, in verse 21, it says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is so important for every single one of us here today to be able to overcome the list that I'm about to read to you today because if we're filled by the Holy Spirit, then we're going to be able to overcome the list that I'm going to show you. But if we're not filled by the Spirit, then we will disqualify ourselves from entering the kingdom of heaven. That's why I wanted to give you the why because it makes the what so much more important. And here's the what. It's found in verse 19. It says... The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft. And up to this point, this list, for if you're a mature Christian, most of you are not acting out probably any part of that list. For most of you, you're not uh, worshiping Satan, right? Witchcraft. You're not playing with Ouija boards. You're not uh, uh, praying to the devil. You're not going to a satanic church. For most of you, you're not doing any of those things. But pay attention to the rest of this list. Hatred. Has anyone ever done anything to you and kind of caused you to hate them a little bit? Discord. And this is the means by which two people have a disagreement, but they hold on to their disagreements and they don't want to budge. And some of you thought that's the perfect picture of marriage right there. That's a whole nother sermon. That's a whole nother sermon. Whole nother sermon. Jealousy. You ever been jealous before? Fits of rage. Man, if you've gone to a restaurant lately, you'll, you'll gain some rage just on how long it takes them to, to be able to sit you in recent times. Selfish ambition. Dissension. Or dissension, faction, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, our lives are like this vase right here, and our lives have a lot of things that are represented in that list in Galatians chapter 5. And all of these different golf balls represent the different things that are found in that list. And when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, what happens is that we gain the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. 
The indwelling of the Holy Spirit comes into our life. But then every single day as we live life, the Bible says that they were filled with power of the Holy Spirit. They were continually being filled. And here's what happens. We fill our lives with the power of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit comes to live into our lives. And every single day as we say, God, I need your presence. God, I need to be filled with you. God, I need your power. God, I need your authority. God, I need you. I need all the things that the Spirit of God has to do in my life. Then it's only then that we're able to get rid of all the things that are not of the Lord, the things of the flesh. And when the things of the flesh exit our body, guess what, the, guess what God wants to do? God wants to fill you with the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5 starting at verse 22. It says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, catch that, the fruit of the Spirit. Listen, if you want to have an orange, then you need to go to an orange tree so you can get the fruit of the orange tree. If you want to have the fruit of the Spirit, you need to go to the Spirit so you can have the fruit of the Spirit of the living God. And here's what you'll gain. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. How many of you want that type of fruit in your life? I want to get rid of that fruit, uh, uh, that, that fruit, and I want to gain the fruit of the living God, the fruit of the Spirit. And it's only by living filled with the Holy Spirit that we can develop our character because it's the Holy Spirit's work that will develop our character. Come on, say a loud amen. amen. Number two is this. The Holy Spirit will develop our Christian gifts. And one of the things that the Bible teaches us is that the Holy Spirit gives Christian gifts to every single believer. And so if you're a, a Christ follower today, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know that God has given you spiritual gifts. You may not know what those spiritual gifts are, but God has actually already given you spiritual gifts. And he has given you those gifts so that you could be a blessing to not only yourself, but to be a blessing to the church and to people in your family, to people at work, to people around you, because the Holy Spirit wants to do a great work in you and through you. And I want to show you two different lists that have spiritual gifts in them. First one is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 8. It says, to one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. And this is when the Holy Spirit comes upon someone for a specific situation to give them wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. And this is when the Holy Spirit comes upon someone and gives them knowledge about something they did not already know about. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And this is when the Holy Spirit gives someone enough faith to believe God for something without doubting. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. And this is when the Holy Spirit gives someone the supernatural ability to be able to pray for someone that the sick shall recover. And that's when you see someone be healed of sicknesses and diseases. To another, miraculous power. And this is where the Holy Spirit gives someone the supernatural ability to be able to do things, to give them more strength that defy the laws of this world. To another, prophecy. And this is when the Holy Spirit gives someone a message that they're supposed to share with someone else or other people. To another, the, the distinguishing between spirits. And this is when the Holy Spirit gives someone the ability to be able to distinguish if, if something is from God, from Satan, or the flesh. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And this is a gifting that God gives to people to be able to speak in tongues in a church setting. And yet to another, the interpretation of tongues. And this is where in the church setting when someone speaks in tongues, it always has to be accompanied by the interpretation of tongues. Why? Because when God wants to speak, he wants everyone to be blessed by the message that is just being spoken in tongues. 
And the gifts of speaking in tongues and the gift of interpretation are oftentimes the ones that bring the most confusion in the body of Christ. But whenever you have the speaking in tongues in church service, it always has to be accompanied with the interpretation of what's given. And it always has to be accompanied by what's given because God wants all of us to understand the message that is being conveyed. Now let's dive into this just a little bit more. 1 Corinthians 14 verses 1 through 4. And and I'm going to show you a whole second list later on, but I wanted to bring more teaching on diving in just a little bit more to the prophecy and the speaking in tongues because those are the ones that bring oftentimes the most confusion in church. Starts out by saying, follow the way of love. It strikes me very interesting that when we're talking about spiritual gifts, before we go into talking about spiritual gifts, it says, but follow the way of love. Why would the Lord say before all of these different gifts that are available to us, why would he say follow the way of love? I believe for two different reasons. Number one, if you've been in church for any length of time, then maybe perhaps you have been hurt or you have seen the gifts of the Spirit misused in your own life. You've seen them misused. And so when someone came up to you, it was very judgmental. It was very talking down to you. You better change this about your life and you better do that. And maybe you've been hurt in that scenario. So number one, if that's you, let me encourage you to be open to the gifts of the Spirit. Don't allow one person's misuse of the Spirit to keep you from not only exercising but receiving the benefits of the Holy Spirit. And then number two... Why would it say, but follow the way of love? Because all of the gifts of the Spirit are supposed to be operated in love. And so if you have the gift of prophecy or you have one of the spiritual giftings in the church, let me encourage you, act out those gifts in love. Because if you have the gift of prophecy, what good is prophecy if the person who's supposed to receive it can't receive anything from you because you're so judgmental and the harshness that you approach that spiritual gift? So listen, two different reasons. And, and, and let me move on here because that first part, again, is, is also talked about in Scripture. It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Again, if you've been hurt, if you've seen those gifts misused, put that aside and eagerly follow the gifts of the Spirit. Especially, it goes on to say, especially prophecy. Verse 2. For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to God, but does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So what is the purpose? Again, this is sandwiched in the same idea. What are the purposes of the spiritual gifts? so that we could be a blessing to other people, so we could strengthen them, encourage them, and bring comfort to them. Then verse 4, it says, anyone who speaks in tongues edifies themselves. This means that a person builds up, or edify simply means to build up or to strengthen. Build up or to strengthen. And here, here's where we gain a lot of confusion with people. There are two different uses for tongues in the Bible. The first one we just talked about where someone speaks in tongues in a church service and then it has to be interpreted by, by, by a different person or the same person so we could all understand exactly what the Lord is wanting to convey. But the other one is when a person is praying in their own prayer language where they're having their own prayer time and they begin to speak out in tongues and act out some of the things of the Spirit because they're supposed to edify themselves. Here's what happens is that when you begin to pray in the Spirit, you bring comfort, strength, and abilities to your own 
own self in your own prayer time where you're spending time with the Lord and now you start to speak in your heavenly language. You may not understand what you're praying for or maybe even what you're saying, but there are benefits of speaking in these other tongues. Now let me show you this. This second use of the word tongue in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 starting at verse 18. It says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Here's what Paul is saying because he's letting us into his own prayer language, his own prayer time with the Lord. He's saying, hey, I speak in my own private time, in my own prayer time, I speak in tongues more than all of you. But then it goes on to say, but in the church, I would rather you speak five intelligible words uh, to instruct others than 10,000 words in tongue. In a tongue. And Paul is basically saying, listen, I don't speak in church. I don't speak in tongues in church unless it's interpreted, unless there's an interpretation, because I want that message to be heard by everyone who is in attendance. And I can tell you by personal experience that I have personally experienced the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the strengthening of the Holy Spirit in my own prayer time as I pray in tongues, in my own prayer language, and in my own times of prayer. I ask the Lord to fill me. I ask the Lord to baptize me. I, I tell the Lord, Lord, I want to I act out the things of the Spirit. I need to be a person of the Spirit. I need the power that comes with the Spirit. And so I begin to pray because of three things. It gives me comfort, it strengthens me, and I feel encouraged because of the connection that I have with the Holy Spirit. And I want to show you a second list, a list of spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. It's found in Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 6. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, and by the way, we just talked about what prophecy is, then speak out as much faith as God has given you. If you have the gift of serving others, serve them well. Now, I know what some of you husbands are thinking. Well, Pastor Gary, you just gave me a Bible verse for, for not having to serve my wife or not having to take out the trash. So when I get home, Pastor Gary, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell her I don't have to do all those things because I don't have the gift of service. Listen, that's not what this verse is talking about. If you're a young person, you can't say, hey, Dad, Mom, you hear that? Hear what Pastor Gary's saying? I don't have to take out the trash later. I don't have to mow the lawns anymore because I don't have the gift of service. So I don't got to do that thing anymore. That's not what this Bible verse is talking about. God expects all of us to serve, but God has given some the ability to serve way beyond their means. They get joy by serving other people. They get joy by, they could be super busy in their own life, but it brings them more joy to serve someone else than it does to check those things off on their own list. It's a gift. It's a gift. If you have the gift of teaching, teach well. And I feel like this is one of my gifts. And by the way, Harvest Church is blessed with a lot of teachers here. We, we, got, we have people on our staff that can teach really well. We have teachers teaching Bible studies that teach very well. If your gift is encourage, encouraging others, be encouraging. And again, God expects all of us to be encouraging. And this might be news for you. But God has not given you the spirit of discouragement. Well, Pastor Gary, that's why I don't encourage people, because I don't have the gift of encouragement. And, and I let people know when they do things wrong. And I, I, No, listen, God has not given you the spirit of discouragement. But for some, God expects all of us to be encouragers. But for some, God has given the supernatural ability to come alongside and be very encouraging to other people. Their whole lives could be falling apart, but they're still going to find a way to encourage other people. It's a spiritual gift. It is, if it is giving, give generously. 
And there are some people in the church that God has given you the means to make way above what you need to make to be able to sustain your own life. And God has allowed you to do that so you could be a blessing to the church, to your family, to other people, neighbors, friends. You're just, you just find ways to be able to give stuff away. And that's my daughter. My daughter, Kylie, you've heard me talk about that. My daughter, Kylie, gets so much joy from just giving things away. And then it goes on to say, if God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And there are a lot of people here today that are CEOs or you're the head of your company. Maybe you're an you're a, a entrepreneur. You have your own business. And God has given you leadership qualities to be able to do those things. And if, you're, and if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Again, I want to tell you that God expects all of us to be kind. God has not given you the spirit of rudeness. So don't be rude to people. God expects all of us to be kind, but God has given some the supernatural ability to be hospitable, to be kind, to be over-the-top nice to people. When you come in and you see our ushers and our greeters and those on our hospitality team, they have the gift of hospitality or the gift of kindness because they make you feel right at home. When you come onto the church property, you have the, the parking lot greeters. You see them, and man, automatically you just feel like, man, I'm at home today. I feel, I'm so glad I came here today. How many of you feel that by our hospitality team? So if we're Christians, every single one of you have been given a spiritual gift by the Holy Spirit. And of all of the different giftings that we could have, I want you to know that there is one purpose for why God has given us those different gifts. And that purpose is to show people love so that we could be a blessing to others, to strengthen them, encourage them, and bring them comfort. The Holy Spirit wants to develop our Christian gifts. Number three, the third benefit of being filled with the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit will help us change the world. The Holy Spirit will help us change the world. Acts chapter one and verse eight, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. And God wants our lives to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we could be witnesses and so we could share our faith with people around us so that we could be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we could be a blessing to other people so we could encourage other people so that we could strengthen other people so that we could help make a difference in other people's lives. And so many people get so excited about talking about their favorite TV shows, or they get so excited about talking about movies that they just saw. But the moment you ask them to share their faith, now all of a sudden they're a loss for words. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can't help but to tell people about how Jesus has changed your life. You can't help but to talk about your faith. You can't help but to tell people about what Jesus has done for you. And if Jesus has done something for you, then he could absolutely do it for them. You can't help but to talk about the goodness of the Lord. And why do you always talk about Jesus all the time? Why do you always talk about it? Well, because Jesus has set me free. Jesus has given me salvation. Jesus has given me my, my family back. Jesus has given me the ability. Jesus has given me my, my right mind. I used to be on drugs and God has given me the right mind. I used to be drunk all the time, but God has given me my right mind. Jesus has done all these things for me. I can't help but to talk about the goodness of the Lord. And that happens when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. God wants to give us the Holy Spirit so that we could be his witnesses to be able to change the world. Acts 4 verse 31 says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, these were Christians, and then they spoke the word of God boldly. 
These were Christians that then prayed. And then it says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And as, a, and as a result, the outcome was that they were able to have supernatural boldness to share their faith with other people around them. And this starts with our family. So on Sundays, it's easy to come on a church service and easy to come to church on Sunday and to share our faith on Sunday, to act right after we hear a message and after we've been in the presence of the Lord. But I believe that God wants us to take that further from just the Sunday experience and then to experience the Lord on Monday so that we could be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit so then we can go to our jobs on Monday and actually be a witness for the Lord and actually not cuss and actually be nice and actually be encouraging to others. I believe that God doesn't just want us to have that one-time experience on a Sunday morning, but that God wants us to go on Tuesday to that restaurant and to be nice to the waiter or waitress and tip them well. I believe then on Wednesday that the Lord would want us to go grocery shopping and then actually be kind to the person that's going to check us out, even if there are 10 people in line and it does get frustrating when there's a lot of people in line. But God wants to take our faith from just the Sunday morning experience so that we could be a witness for him no matter where we go, no matter what day it is, no matter what time it is. God wants us to be a witness so we can begin to change our world. And it starts with our family and then it moves on from there. And here's how we make it through this time of transition, taking more territory and taking more ground on the other side by allowing the Holy Spirit to change our character by allowing the Holy Spirit to develop our Christian gifts. And there might be some of you here today and you heard about the spiritual gifts portion and you, you said, man, I know that might be a thing that God has for some people, but does God really want to give me the Holy Spirit? Is that something that God really wants for my life? And let me show you in scripture that that is absolutely true that the Lord does want that for your life. Luke chapter 11 and verse 13, it says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Catch that. That is, that is so important. If we know how to give gifts to our children when they ask, how much more does your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Because he's a good Father who gives good gifts. Some of you have been praying for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Some of you have been praying that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of you have been seeking the gifts of the Spirit. And I want you to know that God absolutely wants to give you those different gifts so that you can begin to change the world. Here's how this works in our life. If you were to buy some expensive item on the internet, let's say it's over $1,000, over $2,000, then the company that you're going to be receiving the gift from would say there's a signature required. And so what that means is that you have to be home when the package arrives. And guess what happens about two days before the package arrives? You receive that text message and, hey, your gift is coming in two days. You receive that email that says, hey, here's a day that your package is going to arrive. Make sure you're home. And you know what you do? You take the day off of work. You do whatever you've got to do to make sure you're home so that you could begin to receive that package because you want to enjoy all that that package has for your life. In the same way, the Holy Spirit wants to give you a package. He's delivering the package. Only you don't have to wait two days. It, it can happen today. The Holy Spirit has a package in his hand, and he wants to give it to you. But there's a signature required. you got to be home. you got to accept this package. you got to be the one that takes the package. He wants to give it to you. But if you weren't home to receive that package, what would happen? It would go back to sender. 
but the Holy Spirit is here. God is here. He wants to give you the person of the Holy Spirit to fill you and baptize you today. All you have to do is sign for the package and receive the package so that then you can experience all the things that the package has for your life. And God wants you to experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your own personal life. Don't go on with life without the Holy Spirit. It's a person of the Holy Spirit that gives you the power to do all the things that God is calling you to do. So don't leave here today without receiving. Don't leave here without today without seeking. In just a moment from now, the, whole, the, the worship team is going to uh, allow us to go into a time of worship where we're going to be able to seek the gifts of the Spirit. But let me just tell you this. Don't just wait. Receive it. Receive it boldly. God wants to give you the Holy Spirit. And then the last thing is the Holy Spirit wants to help us change our world. Listen, will you take a moment to, to invite people to come to church with you? Would you tell people about Jesus? Would you tell people about what Jesus has done in your life? Because God wants to give you supernatural boldness so you can begin to see change happen everywhere that you go. How many of you believe that that would be a great thing this morning? Amen. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.